you know, when Fair there's like those on these on these new albums, by the yeah, way. Yeah, well, that's how I noticed it. Right, is like when other voices come in to to give it a bit of a, a change up. It it really alleviates the uh, annoyance that I feel listening to it. But as I tried to make a note of why I didn't like it very much, it 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 occurred to me that like. The music is good. I like the music. It's interesting. It's less sort of monotone than the singing, and I I'm not opposed to it. It's just really hard for me to listen to that dude sing. Mm. It's like the thing the... some people seem to have with like Dave Matthews, right? Like some voices just don't hit certain. Yeah, Neil, ears Neil well. Young's like that for me. Oh, Neil um, Young is like that for me too. <laughs> yeah. Um. I would argue the main difference between Nashville and Mitski is how much is going on in the background of the song rather than what's happening in the foreground. But um, I get I, I get what you're saying. Um, well, you may. Yeah. I mean, that's that's also a fundamental difference that you wouldn't necessarily take note of just hearing the, the music described. So I'm not, I wouldn't dispute that at all. I'm just saying for my money, what turns me off is his voice. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know. If 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 it doesn't do it for you, there's not much I can say. You know. No, what I, mean? I know, but I think this was a this was an informative listening experience for me in terms of my relationship to the National. Because look, there's a lot about that band that you would think I would like that band. I right? agree. So I agree. It seems like it would be in your wheelhouse. And I think I I think what I finally realized is that it really is. Other than I just can't take the sound of that guy's voice like some people in the 90s with adam duritz right there are just like certain voices that you know yuck <laughs> i didn't know you were an adam duritz guy i, I love adam duritz but adam duritz slander no i'm not i'm not okay. saying that i i love adam duritz i love the counting crows are a formative band for me august and everything after is one of my top seven albums of the 90s or so but I'm aware of the fact and can totally understand that some people hear that very specific voice and want to puke. <laughs> Fair enough. For me, I, I was a teenager trying to do that voice in my bedroom, right? But for some people, they were like, turn it off. Yeah. Yeah, no, look, some, I get it. Some some people, if you don't like a voice, there's not much I can say that's going to make you like that voice. Right. You know what it's I mean? one of those things that's like, oh, all right, well, I guess you're out on that. <laughs> Yeah, there's not yeah. much to be done. Right, kind of sort of random conversation there. Uh, pass along um, any high quality national instrumentals is what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Or like, you want to hear the Taylor Swift uh, records or whatever that that, that where Bad Burger has been replaced essentially. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Big Red Machine, something like that, maybe. <laughs> um, you want to talk about bottoms? Can we talk about bottoms for a sec? Sure. So when I was in college, oh boy. Um, we had this famous thing called the hot truck. Maybe I've talked about this in the podcast before. Um, but you know, it's one it, of those so let's go. One of these sort of campus traditions that like there was this truck that would park outside the freshman dorms. Uh, it's been there for decades. Uh, my dad worked on this truck when he went there. Um, and they would pull up at night, plug into like a a, a special outlet for them on the lamp of the street post, and they would serve these French bread pizzas. Supposedly, Stouffer's paid them a royalty for French bread pizza. That's how long they've been making these French bread pizzas. And wow. what, so, Cornell is that what we're talking yes. about here? Okay. Yeah, this is a little Cornell Ithaca. Yeah, Cornell 
campus tradition. Got it. So, uh, so the hot truck was a very popular spot late at night after the bars would close. Um, and sometimes, you know, when you were overserved and you really wanted to go for it at the hot truck, you would get like the triple meatball with cheese. And it was a delightful sandwich. I'm not here to disparage the sandwich in any way. But but it was too much. You, you sort of knew that if you had been way overserved and you made the decision to plunk down $15 <laughs> on the triple meatball with cheese, that you were really going to pay for it the next day. Yes. I bring this story up because any number of decisions I made to get a triple meatball with cheese were a better use of $15 than uh, the $50 I spent on bottoms. Wow. Which I now own. Um, wow. And will, with great certainty, say to you that I will never, ever uh, watch again. Huh. Well, uh, listen, I, I'm i not shocked that you don't want to run it back right away. I'm a little surprised that it sounds like you really hated it. <laughs> I I can't remember the last time I I uh, disliked a movie this much. Why? I I thought it was I thought it was deeply unfunny. Really? I thought it was cloying and desperate. Um, it's clearly trying to be Wet Hot American Summer, but it, it, the answer huh. that it that it, it it takes to that situation is to turn the camp and absurdity up to eleven. Yeah, it is. Uh, to the point where no one behaves like an actual person. Like, you can't do <laughs> satire if you're not grounded in anything. If you're not grounded in actual human behavior, there's no reason. It's it's a corollary of the anything could be anything, right? There's just no reason. Like, everyone is so ridiculous all the time that there's no reason to care about anybody or what anybody's doing. Because mm -hmm. none of this would ever happen. So, uh, I, yeah, I just really – I thought it was a gigantic waste of time. I could not believe how unfunny it was. And I, I feel really bad for – honestly, I just feel bad for Gen Z. Like if this is going to be – if this is going to be a raunchy teen comedy, it wasn't even raunchy. Where was the raunch? You know what I mean? I mean – Like it was just a total dud on every front. It was pretty raunchy. There was a at least verbally raunchy, right? Like it I wasn't. Yes, kinda. It wasn't risque in terms of like, you know, uh, bodies or sexy stuff. But it was pretty over the top raunchy in terms of the way they talked and some of the things that were said. Yeah, all right. I guess yeah, be right because everyone's trying to be ridiculous. So you know, occasionally there's gonna be. Some... Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure there's much difference. Uh, between our reactions other than I really liked it and laughed a lot. Uh, and maybe I just really have a significantly more childish sense of humor than you, but I didn't think that was the case. Uh, and no, I, by the way, I love wet hot American summer. <laughs> like right. that, that is a all timer for me. Like I'm not against silly movies, but I think the whole point of that was like, they really mixed in, the real. That's what made did it they? so much more subversive. You know what I mean? That did, like did they like you could you could go on the flight of fancy of like the the heroin based shopping trip to town. Yeah, man. Right? I don't because because they had moments of actual sincerity laced mm. in there somewhere. I 
would challenge you to rewatch Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, um, I've seen it so many times. So but have I, and I don't remember a ton of sincerity. Like there's some there's some sincere relationships, but I think it's that exists. Every every moment between the bits is like sincere, right? Like the sincerity is always the setup for the absurdity. But it, this, if you think back to it, most of the sincerity is every bit as silly as, you know, Ken Marino uh, and Joe Latruglio's like love affair. You know, like it's. Uh, it's a ridiculous right. movie, and I think it's a good comparison. It is a ridiculous because... movie, but those right. What I'm saying is like, but those people behave how people would behave when they're not being like completely bonkers. You know I what don't I mean? Know about that, I, I I'm not sure they really do. They behave like a very turned up version of of camp stereotypes and and like goofy camp shit. But they're and and by that I mean summer camp, not uh, <laughs> theatrical camp. Um, yeah. But like, I don't. I, I I'm not sure I recognize the distinction you're drawing between Wet Hot American Summer and Bottoms. I do think Wet Hot, look Wet Hot American Summer is one of the great camp comedies, and and I mean that as a double entendre of all time. Um, and this is not that good, but I do think it's very similar in spirit, and I don't necessarily see the distinction that you're making between this movie the, is like you know the person. Like when you're talking about sports that thinks it's like hilarious to show that they don't get sports by going, hoo-hoo, sports ball. That's, yeah, I that's hate that literally person. what this movie is. This movie is the person shouting sports ball and thinking they're hilarious. Oh, see, I don't. Ooh, I'm sub- see, I'm subversive because I don't like sports. Yeah, I don't agree with that because I, I don't think this movie is setting out to be deeply subversive i think it's it's just said i uh, not unlike oh, I wet hot american summer about what about feminism and sexuality for sure i don't think this movie is trying to make a big yeah. statement i think it's oh, just a goofy reaction to what the the way we live and yes these are all there are, there are like offhanded references to like second wave feminism in it i think very much they're trying to make statements in this movie. I think the offhanded references... And swinging to, and missing it, my dad. See, I just interpreted that differently. I think those offhanded references to second-wave feminism are meant to make people like me giggle, um, which they did. I, I don't... like, And Marshawn Lynch, I gotta say, like, I think he did his job pretty perfectly. I... I I don't know. I got a lot of giggles out of this. And, I don't disagree with that. I was almost uncomfortable with <laughs> I, I, with the way Marshall Lynch did his job. You know what I mean? Not, yeah. not the way Marshall Lynch did his job, but with the way Marshall Lynch's character sort of framed in this. Yes, with the way he was asked to do his job. And I can understand yeah. that. But I thought he was a delight. Um, and, and I also think this movie had a ton of little throwaway lines that were really pretty funny i don't know i we had i i don't did not even chuckle not definitely even, not even a, the same not movie, even a smile but i i am i am really so you know when these sorts of things happen on this podcast my wish is always and i'm i'm only thinking about the film click because uh i just listened to someone discuss it but i wish i had the click remote so i could rewind and like watch your experience of this movie and understand exactly, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like I wonder what your response, and I can't think of specific moments now because that's how my brain works. But 
I wonder what you're when I was laughing, I wonder what you were thinking, you know? It sounds like mostly yeah, oh, this is so dumb, but like there's got to be I don't know. I just feel like there has to be more to it. This th- I I think from my perspective, this is a largely uh you know, enjoyable dumb high school comedy uh that is intended to be wildly over the top and that like everyone's behavior you, you didn't laugh at all at the stupid football team stuff you didn't laugh at all at the fact that they were, were wearing their full uniforms in school every day hated it i all <laughs> of the, the football i hated all of the football team stuff <laughs> all of it like the, because they were like it's not hard to like that's it there's such easy targets you know yeah. what i mean like it's not hard to take that and make that funny but they went so far like <laughs> you, you know what i'm saying like these yeah. they were all so ridiculous yes every one of them that it was just like it was just too much for me i yeah. just it, i didn't find it funny that's funny i i do think and that everyone's like, like reaction to them like that's the scene where um uh you know in the principal's office you know where the principal <laughs> is like basically like you know, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like I just, it's so unreal, you know, like that, like, what are we doing here? You know well, what I mean? It is unreal. Like, this would never happen. See, I, I, for, for me, and I think what we've discovered here, I think actually usually our senses of humor are relatively similar, but I think what we've discovered is there is a line here. Uh, and I have this line as well, but, there seems to be a space between our lines of uh, at at which point a piece of visual entertainment has pushed it too far. Like both of us jump off somewhere before Tim Robinson, right? Um, right. But this movie, I think, existed in that space between your cutoff point for absurdity and mine, uh, because those jokes, while totally absurd, and and I should make the point, I don't think good for much or for very long, they're all made pretty quickly. This is a short movie, and it doesn't dwell. Well, you hated it, but uh, (laughs) fair enough. But it doesn't dwell on the absurd principle. You just get the snapshot of the absurd principle. I laugh, and they move on. And, you know, if you don't laugh, obviously it doesn't do any good. But but I do think there is something here where this is a level of ridiculous that uh, you have to be on board for. But if you are, it's it's pretty funny. And by the way, um, Dagmara Domin- Dominchik. From, uh, from Succession. Yeah. I had no idea her name was so insane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I don't know why. Like, but I know that lady. I've seen her lots of times, right? And I've yeah. obviously just never seen her name before. She's married to Patrick Wilson, by the way. Um, Didn't know that. Yeah. But I was shocked when her actual name came up. And I was like, how could I have been watching this woman for probably at least a decade in various things and not know that her name was Dagmara Dominchik? That's That's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. I, I had some idea because she's a fre- frequent topic of conversation on the Ringer. Um, oh, I'm not listening but, to much of the Ringer's uh, cultural 
Uh, yeah, there was a lot, a lot of succession coverage on the, yeah. <laughs> on the It's funny that that was your Wikipedia deep dive because I actually during the movie like stopped and went to Wikipedia to try to find out who wrote this so I could uh, see what was wrong with them. It it was, but it was the I think it was the group of like Ao and uh, and Rachel. No, it was and, the other star that was the main kind of uh, yeah, and Rachel the Senate and, yeah, and Emma Rachel Seligman. Um, yeah. But the three of them all like came up together. Yeah. Well, Shane, well, didn't like it, <laughs> but I did. If you if you thought uh, Ao was infallible, she she fouled. If you thought um, Wet Hot American Summer could have been a little sillier, this is a movie for you. <laughs> Who would think that? <laughs> uh, no, but in all seriousness, I don't I don't actually think it's that much sillier than than Wet Hot American Summer. You can take Derek's uh, criticism of the sincerity for what you will, but I do think it's very much in that vein. Yeah. By the way, came to this with open eyes. Heard it was good. Liked the trailer. Was ready yeah. to watch. You know what yeah. I mean? Just yeah. yeah. I'm not Nothing. sure I knew this line existed for you uh, in this place. But it's good. It's good information for an understanding of Derek Madden and his taste. I guess so. I guess so. I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. But I do uh, always wonder with something like that if, like, you had watched it in a different environment, would it have struck you differently? You know, maybe, possibly. I guess. I, I, it's hard. It's just hard for me to, to wrap my head around enjoying this. Totally. Personally, so. I so I, I don't think so. I'd like to say that, but I'm not going to argue. It's hard for me. To, who knows. Maybe if I woke up on a different side of the bed. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the other movie then uh, that we, we had for homework, which was I, Cassandra. You know, yeah. I thought this was uh, – I think it would be – this is an impossible movie to hate. Like I can't rant about Cassandra. Um, but at the same time, I just kind of found it to be like, yeah, okay. I, I don't feel like there was enough of a – Dramatic arc, I guess, for the Cassandro character. You 100%. know, like found some, found some. He found some confidence. He made some money. You know it what I mean? Was I would I would describe this. I, I while I I would say I generally agree with you that it's you know not really a movie you can hate. Um, and they're like, you know, obviously the story is fascinating and interesting and inspiring. I just wish they had told it. Yeah, that's kind of it's kind of like I, there should have been more there there. There was <laughs> like, no there there. There was yeah. no like. Can you imagine this fellow? I don't want to mess up any gender stuff here. This, I think he went by fellow. Okay, so so this yeah. dude, the as a flamboyantly out out since his early teens, gay man in like the 70s and 80s in a wildly machismo Mexican community, the challenges he must have faced. I would love to know about them after watching a biopic. Like there was no arc because we didn't see any of the drama. All, yeah. It, it was it really it just se- like hard for him to find boyfriends. You know right. what I mean? It made it seem like the biggest yeah. problems in his life were a couple of wayward wrestling fans yelling the F word and uh, romance. But I don't believe that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That dude? There must have been literally innumerable challenges to make his to, – to get himself over as a character in wrestling to – 
exist in that society at that time? Like, I don't understand how you made a movie about that where it ended and I don't feel like I know anything about him. Yeah. And when you see the real pictures of the guy, like, he... I don't want to criticize Gael Garcia Bernal very much because I think, like, he captured a certain spirit, certainly. And I, I'm not saying he it was a bad performance, but I was more there was like more electricity and magnetism in the still photographs of the actual guy than in almost two hours of acting. Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought Gay was fine. Um, the there's that scene where the uh, the kid thanks him uh, for you know being able to come out to his dad, right? Um, and I thought he did some really great wordless work in that scene agreed yeah like i said Um, it's not that i'm uh, complaining about him necessarily it's just but i agree the character just isn't that like i don't know it's just not that well drawn i don't think right nor is his lover nor is really probably the best developed character is the mother right yeah yeah and i just i don't I I am simultaneously I'm I'm not mad I watched it it wasn't terrible but I'm incredibly disappointed that I didn't finish the experience knowing a lot more about Cassandro and who he was and what his life was like I just feel like every major plot point in this movie felt like it could it could have been about any number of gay men Did you just feel like it kind of just ended too Yes and it also <laughs> then it like, just oh, ended we're done? Yeah, <laughs> my wife and I both, because my wife wanted to watch this, because she knows who Cassandro is. She's very okay. invested in the uh, yeah. drag community, and and Cassandro is a well-known character in, in the drag community. So, like, I, we both, it ended, and we both were like, that's it? What? Why? Huh? <laughs> it's just, <laughs> like, it was, a, it was, a, it left you feeling hollow and disappointed, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I'm so I'm 100 in agreement with you on that. Um. So yeah, kind of a bummer. Um. I almost I kind of wish now, and maybe this is also in the works. I would love to watch like a 90 minute documentary about the actual guy. Yeah, yeah. I would I would watch that too. Um, wrestling docs are fun generally. Yeah, um, I, I, we've had a good experience with them. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a Vince McMahon one in the works, actually. I kind of think I'd like to see. Yeah, uh, let's make sure he's not a producer before we dive into that. 100%, but I think he's not. So, um, Because if anyone producing their own documentary would result in shenanigans, it's Vince yeah, McMahon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 100%, <laughs> I agree with you 100%. <laughs> he's not the guy to produce his own documentary. No. Um, although I'm sure he has several times. Of course. I mean, ideally, nobody is the right guy, but he's especially not the right guy. Yes, agreed. <laughs> uh, all right, should we talk challenge? Um, did I miss anything? Did yeah, I skip I think anything? We did we skipped something? It was. Uh, oh, still up, still up. Which we actually was still up. It was my favorite thing this week. So, um, well, I mean, by default, it was also definitely my favorite thing too. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny when I was just Googling this and I, it's not like I did real research, but when I was just Googling it, I saw one review and I don't like, it may have been uh, from some crap outlet that I've never heard of. I can't remember, but I just saw, you know, uh, the lead of the review 
criticizing the chemistry on the show, and I couldn't disagree more. Yeah, me neither. It is awkward and weird chemistry, but I think there's an undeniable chemistry between these two characters, who, by the way, we have yet to see in the same place through three episodes, if I'm recalling correctly. Um, they exist I only... I think that's how it is, right? Because the one guy doesn't really leave the house. Well, right, but I mean, it's not even like we've gotten a flashback or she's been in there for a minute or anything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think they have had any physical proximity in the first three episodes, but the 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 chemistry, I think the conversations they're having are so well-written and well-performed that actually the chemistry is, is electric to me because... Yeah. I like, mean, look, it does. It has. You have to believe for this whole thing to work, right? That all of these signs that they keep sort of getting that they're right for each other. You know what I mean? That those that those would like take hold. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and if and for me that that completely works. I'm surprised to hear that uh, to hear someone say that because I I find them to be very charming, incredibly charming, mm-hmm. clever, and and just it feels like a very real friendship. You know, and I think most people have had one of those friendships that's very close and like uh, has hints of romantic stuff in it and you're never sure and blah, blah, blah. I I ended up marrying that person. Um, but it's, I think, incredibly authentic in that way. Um, and I mean, look, most of this conversation is just two people talking. And then they're also each doing ridiculous things on the side. But, and look, I laughed a lot at Bottoms, but some of the comedy writing here is just on another level, right? It is not cheap uh, absurdity. It is really bizarre and clever constructions of hilarious situations. And, you know, to use an example, the beat of her in the pharmacy did you watch that episode yep Mm -hmm. (laughs) the beat of her in the pharmacy finally getting fed up and being like i'm just gonna handle this myself and then finding the dead pharmacist like a slight spoiler by the way i i had stuff like that i just thought it it doesn't always work and they they did a great job yeah or like the cat guy you knew it was gonna end like that right and yet it's still they still made it interesting and surprising right yeah you know yeah. yeah, yeah, the whole saga with the pizza guy and the cat guy. I mean, this is a clever, funny, very British show, and I, I really liked it. I wished yeah. – in fact, I – so there was one of these things. I started on Apple, and I was like, oh, a third episode. The whole season must be here, and then the third episode ended, and there wasn't more, and I was crushingly disappointed. <laughs> You're like, damn it. <laughs> now we have to watch the morning show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I got to – See if I can stomach another episode of The Changeling. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. Maybe, maybe want to move to London. Um, and uh, and I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna devour the. I'm assuming there's only like three more because it's British. Yeah, right? it's so. British. It's probably it's seven episodes or less, most likely. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm also going to devour it. It's a strong recommend from us for still up. Sorry for accidentally skipping it. In the, in the you were just so determined to have a miserable time with the culture of the week that you didn't want to talk about the thing you enjoyed. 
It's true. Well, you know, when I watched it first, so it's it's uh, you know, I had all this other stuff thrown on top of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's always tricky because it was it was available when we stopped our recording last week, and I think we probably both like slammed three episodes and then didn't watch it for a week. So <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. You another yeah. another one or two today. So the uh, that's something to look forward to when we're done here. All right. Um. So challenge. I I think we have to give some flowers to Chris. After this episode, man, like everyone in the house is coming for him. The I thought he really held his own in the wrestling, considering. Um, and then uh, a, a pretty strong elimination performance, and the guy's still here. No one wants him here, and he's still here. And it looks like he's he's got a pretty good shot to make the final at this point. Yeah, listen, anybody who is in the game right now. I think has to be considered viable at least for the final. And on the, on the men's side, I would say like, you know, Fessy is probably the favorite with respect to Johnny bananas, but there's not a lot of differentiation between the men in general. I mean, right now with Tyler gone, no shade, but he was a lot smaller than everybody else. It is, Fessy, Corey, Bananas, Chris, and Josh. And, like, we can pick nits about any of those guys, probably. Josh would probably be the bottom of that five for me. And Fessy at the top. But, like, I could make an argument for almost anybody at that point. And the way Chris has performed in eliminations, he is one off of the record for most eliminations won in a season. Like he is legitimately putting together a legendary challenge season. And if he does manage to win, or frankly, even if he finishes second, it's one of the greatest debuts in challenge history. Yeah. I mean, he's very likely to go in one more time, right? He's probably going to have to win the next challenge to not go in. Yeah. But I wouldn't rule that out, man. Like, the way physically, and in both of these last two eliminations against Wes and Tyler, he, he like, the the opponent, that it was rounds, right? And his opponent put up a round that looked very difficult to beat, and he beat it both times. Yeah. That's, that, I, that really says something to me. I thought he had a good strategy against West. This one, it was just like, he's like, I'm going to haul ass. It was, <laughs> yeah. It was just tenacity, right? It was yeah. just pedal to the metal. Like, I can do this if I give it every single thing I have. And you could tell the way he fell off at the end. Like, he was done. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, we talk about this every season. But strength, strategy, there's a million things that are important. If I had to pick one quality for a challenger it's that it's that crazy i am going to dump every last ounce of what i have onto the floor right now yeah i mean i think you saw a little bit of that from michaela in the oil wrestling thing by the way do you do you believe that they have in fact been oil wrestling for centuries on the mediterranean coast first of <laughs> all i 100 a little dubious to no me. i 100 percent believe that i loved it michaela versus chanel was a battle and i actually this was the best thing chanel has done all season although she continues to talk shit and end up looking like a punk yeah but but this was by far her best performance of the season um i i 
I got to say that Michaela versus Chanel was the battle of the day, uh, even more so than the elimination. It started raining, and when it came down to nut-cutting time, Michaela suplexed her. It was remarkable, I thought. Like, the strength it takes to flip someone over you like that is not – like, it is – it's noteworthy. A person who, by her own admission, was the, is the heaviest girl in the house. Yeah, exactly. She's like, I'm beef. It's going to be tough to get me out of here. And yeah. Michaela was like, flip, you're out. Um, <laughs> that was impressive. I also thought, uh, I also thought Cassidy was impressive. Look, she yeah, got the, triple teamed. She, she dropped a little, oh, I do jiu-jitsu in Muay Thai. <laughs> and you know what? She, at every turn, has been the opposite of Chanel in that, She's not talking up her own ability, but she is proving that she can hang with these other girls. And Yeah, despite the fact she talks a lot, but she's not really talking up her own ability. No, it's, she's it's, worried. It's she's she's talking like a rookie, which is fine. Um she's talking like a paranoid rookie. And and there's another thing too, like watching Cassidy and Chris I mean, I guess Cassidy and Tyler, but then ultimately Chris get thrown in this week. Um you know, I'm watching Chris and thinking like tough break kid, but you really made your own bed here. You, you did too much. You made a scene and this is what happens. People took the opportunity to make you the scapegoat. But then someone said, I think it was Michaela said Cassidy made her bed. And I was yeah. thinking about it and like, I'm about got to line it with her. Did she, or is it just kind of like bad luck? And the fact that people think she's the weakest woman there. I mean, like, I think you could argue that they made her bed, that the Secret right. Garden girls made exactly. her bed by drinking Wes into being, exactly. into that they were all voting for her. Like, I don't think Cassidy <laughs> made her bed at all, but she has handled it better than anyone else. So I, I, I've, I have developed a healthy respect for Cassidy. Um, I, I, we got to talk about Michaela this week, though. Uh, yeah, of course. Not... Look, she's very strong. She's a threat to win anything. She's absolutely a threat in the final. She's pretty awful, just as a human. And <laughs> and the way she plays the game is difficult to watch. Like, that conversation with, with Corey made me angry. Yeah. Corey's not a genius, okay? He's not. He's not a strategy master. But he had a perfectly sound and clear strategy for how he wanted to handle this and the way she talked down to him was absurd like first of all even if he's not a strategy master he's got about 10 times your experience in this game yeah and talking to him like a like a five-year-old idiot who doesn't understand what you're trying to say when actually he's just saying that's good for you, but not for me. Right. And she's he like, knows how to play this game, by the way. And I think he's, he he's having a pretty masterful season, right? Like He's doing great. He, he laid low and stayed out of trouble. In a, in a season, right, where basically everyone was coming for every vet, no one really came for him. Like, he doesn't have any big brother ties or survivor exactly. ties. And, and but he, he stayed quiet, and now he's picking up the right time. Like, it's, it's pretty great gameplay. From a dude like he knows strategy in this game. Exactly. <laughs> like, he's been know? here for a decade. And and yeah. her being like, 
I don't know why you don't understand what I'm saying. I was like, he understands what you're saying. You he just thinks it's dumb. Yeah. And by the way, <laughs> it was dumb. Yeah. Like her suggesting that it was somehow in his interest to vote Tory into elimination is completely ridiculous. It's barely in Michaela's interest. She had this line where she was like, well, what happens if Tory wins next week? Nothing. She protects you like she did the last right. two times You're all she in won. The final. That's what happens, you moron. Take the win. <laughs> Go to the final. Now, if you vote Tory in, now if she wins, you have a problem, right? Well, and here's the thing about it: she already has a problem without voting Tory in because Tory knows she tried to vote her exactly. in. Exactly. And they and they've all hatched a plan to throw this heat back on her that I have a feeling is going to come to fruition next week. So right. And so um, I like, don't think Michaela's a bad person uh, generally. I, I'm not saying she's a bad person. And it's, when I it's say she's awful, she has some strong friends in the game. But I sure. do think the way that she plays is uh, her 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 gameplay style. Like, and I think her level of paranoia brings her to this place where she's she's kind of being an asshole to the point where like her friends, the people that she's trying to protect in this game. Or like, like, what is she doing? Don't do this. You're putting right. us at risk. Right. And she's still like, you know, what well, I can... know. Look, I know I've been the one that's like, you guys got to get the veterans out. But right. the game evolves. You know what I yes, mean? It you has don't changed. Have numbers anymore. You don't. And the veterans actually had your back until this moment. Right. <laughs> and and the, the like when I say she's awful, I don't mean she's like an actual bad person. I mean, like she is awful to watch and apparently to be around. You know, like, and, and specifically, and look, I know, I know about trying to be logical and inadvertently talking down to people. I really do. Believe me. It's something I'm intimately acquainted with. And it's been a struggle my entire life. And even I am looking at her like, do you hear the way you are talking to people? You know, like I'm watching it like, oh my God, even I don't get that far out of pocket. You know, like, <laughs> wow. Um, and, and it's just like, that is not something that's going to serve her well in the long term. And I do think she is a long term uh, part of this world if she wants to be, because she is that talented. Um, also, a quick note, the beginning of this episode absolutely felt like the Corey elimination edit. And oh, I was, yeah, yeah. I they, was getting sad. Been... They've been riding that hard, I think, like, you know, trying to trying to throw you off with family throw member. Throw you off the scent. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, I'm struggling. I miss my kids. I was like, oh, no, Corey's out of here. <laughs> yeah. I think especially because, uh, you know, his family is are on other MTV shows, right? I think they want to get, get those guys some camera time. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. Um, a couple other notes I have written down uh i did not have a burn of the week i did have a, i did have a compliment of the week interesting it was from tj and it it, it was a totally unique oh, and i think i think i have fantastic this one as well. compliment he was like tyler you are one of the chillest dudes i have ever met <laughs> yeah i feel like i don't like i think from tj in specific yes i think that is like Really, really high praise. Yeah, man. He's a super chill dude, TJ. Yeah. He loves a chill dude. And it's hard to be a chill dude in the challenge house. So shout Agreed. out Tyler for being a chill dude all the way through. And I don't think I've ever heard him say that about anyone. No. 
I don't think I have either. And to be fair, there have not been a lot of chill dudes coming through. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the, Josh was never getting the no. you're such a chill dude. <laughs> no. Oh, Wes, love you, man. Real chill dude. <laughs> Real chill dude. <laughs> Like, the closest was probably Derek, but the thing is, by the time Derek got chill, he had already been a maniac for, like, five or seven years. Yeah, um, Darrell's kind of a chill dude. Yeah, unless you get up on a high platform. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but but I, I have to agree, like, nobody that I can think of brought the chill quite like Tyler did. He never got really upset. Even when you could see, like, he was he didn't like something or his feelings were hurt like he took it really well in stride um very chill look the sort of spicoli yep. had a showmance and even that was pretty chill very you know chill I mean? showmance no drama yeah. shout out tyler i wouldn't mind seeing him back and he wasn't bad he's smaller than the other guys but but he wasn't bad no like um uh chris was saying he's very agile mhm I, which I think can serve you well in this game. Uh, totally. My the comment I I took down was from Tori, uh, who was talking about uh, all the girl wrestling prowess. Yeah, yeah. and she goes, "Come on, you see like the scorpion and the clam chop." Yes, and the I was clam like, chop. It's like I don't think those are actual wrestling moves, Tori. <laughs> they are not. And I was trying to imagine what the clam chop would be, and it get gets gets pretty deep. <laughs> Yeah, the clam chop seems like a real dirty move. Honestly. It really does, really, and it sounds uncomfortable to say the least. Yeah. Um, I I did enjoy that. I also enjoyed her saying, rightfully, like, "Come on, we all know in one-on-one matchups, I'd throw all these ladies yeah, right out of that." That's thing. why they're doing it. Exactly, exactly. They did what they had to do. Um, I did think it was interesting, like Desi, kind of throwing shade at Fessy. Yeah, right? going like. Who made Fessy the boss? I was like, okay, that's accurate, but also like pot kettle black. You know what I mean? Like it's pretty much the way you've been playing all season. Not only that, but also like the emotion of it, right? Like her emotion about it was like, I guess we can say he's almost winning, but he didn't do anything. The emotion should have been, ooh, nice, nice job by Fessy to get to the end without doing anything. Right, right, yeah, and it should be admiring that. I would, exactly, I would and it's a microcosm of the game he's played. The only note I have about Fessy in my notes from this week is Fessy is playing a masterful game. Because you know what, he doesn't need. He knows he just won. He doesn't need the smoke from winning. I'm not saying he let Corey throw him out of that ring, but I don't think he did. By the way, I thought that was a real impressive performance, from Corey. I totally agree, but yeah. it also didn't hurt Fessy to lose. No, it didn't hurt Fessy to lose. It, it didn't hurt either one of them to lose. They were like, they exactly. all knew what was going what was gonna happen at that point. Once, once well, everybody took out Michaela. Tyler, it was done, right? So right. everyone except Michaela knew what was gonna happen. Um, right. <laughs> so I, I just Fair think enough. Fessy, top to bottom, like he's he's minted right now. He's going to the final. There's pretty yeah. much nothing anyone can do about it, and he has made no waves. He has he has caused no drama. He really hasn't even had any disagreements. Other than Chris being a little butt hurt, like he is flying golden. I and and it is so far away from what we've seen from Fessy in the past. Like Corey Corey has played this game before. Yes. Yes, he has. Um, but I don't think Fessy's ever been able to. And if this is if this is the new Fessy, 
Like he's, he's, you know, he's at the top of the power rankings moving forward until, until further notice. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, it, I think Michelle laid it out pretty clearly. She's like, I've been playing the middle of the whole game. Yep. I knew at some point I'd have to choose between the vets and survivor. And she made her choice. Yep. Do you think there's blowback coming, coming into this last episode? Not meaningfully because she was, we were getting there anyway. Like Michaela can talk, right? And, and certainly she can talk when she's not at risk, but nobody wants to face Tori and Michaela Chanel and Desi are attached. So who's going in other than Cassidy and Michelle? Right. Like, yeah. So, so I guess it, it is there blowback, I guess, but they weren't going to protect her if she, anyway. right. So her yeah. best hope, I think she did the, did it right because her best hope is to have, um, the a vet win and protect her, because if a non vet wins, she was not getting protected no matter what. Right, or that they try to go after Tori again next week. Right, but I don't. I again, like, I do not think. Maybe they'll try to go after her in the group vote, but I just don't think anyone wants to face her. So right, so like. It's gonna be t- tough to get her chosen as the, you know, <laughs> it, like automatic selection. It's just gonna right. be really they don't want to face her, and she's and there's lots of vets who don't want to vote her in. So yeah. it's. You I know. will say the one thing I, I thought Michelle was a little goofy on was instead of voting for Tori, she voted for Chanel, and like if the goal is to keep Cassidy, she should have voted for a guy. I mean, it didn't end up happening, right? But why vote for a a woman at all? Um, yeah. Although I don't think it really mattered once they once the wrong number of votes popped up there, <laughs> I think she was pretty screwed. So, yes. Um, yeah. So you know we'll we'll see where it goes. But now's you know now's the time. To, I guess this is also the time that if you're going to screw somebody over, now's a good time, right? You, yeah, know, maybe. I mean, I think so. we're probably looking at one more lady elimination and then the final, or potentially one lady and then one double and then the final. Um, but. I, I actually wouldn't be surprised if they go into the final with 10 total competitors and eliminate a couple along the way. Me neither. Me neither. Looking forward to it, though. It's been been a fun season. It really has. And, and again, I say this every week, but I feel like I should keep saying it as long as it's true. Really pretty excellent both daily challenges and elimination things. Like an, yeah. a, an elimination that we had never exactly seen before that was entertaining and exciting and a daily that was pretty badass. Yeah. I, I do think that if they bring that game back again and to me, it was perfect. I wouldn't change the thing, but I think that they'll try to make, find a way to make it go longer. The, uh, the, Maybe the tag, more obstacles the or something. Tag. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, did... it was basically five, less than five minutes <laughs> to, to do all that. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of setup for a, for a quick payoff. Yeah. Um, but you know, as, as Mark Marin, my favorite podcaster often says, like, sometimes I spend all day cooking and then I eat it in five minutes, you know, it doesn't yeah. make the experience any less enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, like I said, I, I found it to be quite entertaining. Um, and, and what's funny I, about those things. Right. And so I'm not sure they actually care because like 
our experience as a viewer of that elimination was really the same length as our experience of the five hour elimination between Tyler and Monty, right? Yeah. So like it doesn't really affect the viewership, the viewers' experience that it's only five minutes. Um so who knows? Yeah, I bet I really felt for those contestants during that Tyler and Monty thing that so that's just a lot to watch, especially if you have real actual emotional investment in it. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, and it's I, also one of those things, right? Like it lasts five hours, but it ends in a split second. So like yeah. it's probably the five minutes out of that five hours that you stop paying attention and all of a sudden someone's like, it's over. <laughs> it's like waiting for the golden goal. Um, I didn't even see it. Yeah. Paul Raw next week though, right? Hasn't made an appearance yet. We're running you know out what? of eliminations. That's all I'm saying. That you just kind of convinced me that there's going to be a double elimination. Yeah, could be. Could be. It'd be a shame if we didn't get to see some pair of those five guys hall brawl. But I guess it could be part of a final, too. I suppose. I suppose there could be, right? Like, uh, you know, like that, where the the one where like it was like the blind kind of hall brawl from multi directions and Tori got trucked that time. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, it could be something like that. Yeah. But they could also just throw a hall brawl in the middle of it. Remember, yeah, just, they, they sometimes just throw an elimination in the middle of a, a multi-day challenge, uh, final, true. that's for sure. It's true. I've, we've seen that. It just feels like like they've referenced it a couple of times, and we haven't really seen it. And I just I just it's coming. So, so. Uh, correct me if you disagree, but I would say power rankings right now, I've got Fessy and Tori in the pole positions for the men and women. Yeah. I would have Bananas and Desi second. That was going to be my question. Bananas and Desi, I think I think I would go the same way. Although, Michaela is very tempting if she doesn't talk herself out of the game in the next two weeks. I got Corey and Michaela third. And I was going to say, I, I cannot in good conscience power rank Corey ahead of bananas but i can in good conscience say i think i'm pulling for Corey more than i ever have i feel Hmm. like for whatever reason it's his time and because i don't even have an i don't have a rest of that sentence i don't have a because but for some reason i feel like Corey deserves a title before fessy does it's interesting it um I feel like it would sort of be weird to have a champion like Corey, like a 10-year guy winning for the first time right before the we're going to have a new champ challenge. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Is he on so, that? He is, right? I don't know if he's on that. I kind of think he's not, but oh. I uh, uh, I could be wrong. Um, Interesting. So maybe that's a little bit of a clue. I don't know. I don't think Fessy's on it either, though. Right. Well, I I think in a way, like, well, first of all, let me say this. I'm now that you mention it, I'm kind of glad they're not because if they were, we would know they're not about to win. Right, I guess that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um that said, um anything that has been significant 
on the Challenge USA feels a little weird. Like, if in fact that's Wes's last Challenge appearance, that feels a little weird. But yeah. I think that's just us as longtime Challenge fans. We got to lock into the fact that, like, if it's in the universe, it's canon sort of thing. You yeah. Know? I mean, look, these episodes are on network TV, and more people are watching them than I think the typical Challenge episodes. So, like, we shouldn't right. really demean we shouldn't them. poo-poo it. It does yeah. feel different, but I will say this season with the presence of all the veterans and the way the game has been played has felt much more like a flagship challenge season. Yeah, it was than, definitely more true last season when there were no challengers. You know what I mean? Very few anyway. And, and like, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think I think this has been a nice step forward for Challenge USA. And I have a feeling you're going to see vets on the show. Uh, in some form from from here on out. I agree. Um, it makes it feel more like one of those, like, new blood seasons they used to have, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Fresh meat. Fresh meat, yeah, which yeah. were some of my favorite seasons, frankly, and, and delivered some of the great challenge champions, like Cara Maria and, and Laurel, both of whom we will be seeing on this next season of the challenge. Yeah, and some great champions who have since been banned from the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're really good contestants <laughs> for, for a while. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think Tori was on Fresh Meat, wasn't she? Mm, I think actually her debut was on Dirty 30. Uh, she was one of those, like, Are You the One players, though, right? She was an Are You the She was definitely post-Fresh Meat era. Yeah. Um, but I am a... I'm fairly certain. By the way, I need to I need to get on top of this, but um Oh my god. I just learned something about Tori that I didn't know, which is rare. Did you know that's not the real spelling of her last name? No. <laughs> D E H E L is the actual uh oh. real spelling, but she just goes oh. by Tori Deal because pretty cool name. Um yeah, Dirty 30 was her first. All right. There you go. Uh, um, I think that's it for now. We should get out of here. By the way, um, she has, in this season alone, racked up more daily. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was looking at the wrong stat. Wow. Okay, that makes more sense. I was going to say. But she has six daily wins in this season. Single yeah, she's been series. killing these girls. She's That's absolutely killing these girls. Yeah. She's killing them. Um, all right. That's it. We'll talk more next week about the challenge. And uh, we got some other homework. Yeah, we're going to watch Gen V, which is a spinoff of The Boy, uh, the Boys on Amazon. Mm-hmm. You may have seen some some ads for it last night on the on the football, if you were watching there. Um, oh, yeah, I did not watch there. Yeah. You know what I've been doing lately is just when I can, waiting for things to hit. Um, the NFL app so I can watch them in like 30 minutes uh, oh. did you know one of the leads of this show Gen V is do you know where I'm going with this no oh. it is Patrick Schwarzenegger oh interesting yeah and um, does he have an accent I don't know. It says he's American Austrian. My guess is, you know, 
I, I would assume he grew up here. Um, but yeah. I will say that uh, you can you can see the genes, and it's not a bad combination. All right. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, but like, Especially he definitely looks that like Arnold a, and Marie. There was a Quaid child on the original, right? So maybe yeah. they're just like, let's go back to that well. I mean, you know, it worked once. Um, all right we're gonna watch heist 88 which is on either paramount plus or showtime or showtime on paramount i'm not exactly sure that works i think that's the way it works i don't know how long showtime is going to continue to exist independently of uh of of how much longer yeah yeah uh, and then on Netflix, The Wonderful World of Henry Sugar, which is Wes Anderson doing a Roald Dahl short story. So. Yeah, love Roald Dahl, and uh, it's uh, it's The Batch, right? It's Do you love batch. Roald Dahl? Isn't Roald Dahl, Roald Dahl supposed to be kind of an asshole? I, I don't know anything about him as a human. I I don't recall. Oh, you just love Gotcha. I don't recall hearing that. Um, I hope not. I feel like he's problematic in some way. Is he? Okay. I don't know. Uh, if he's problematic, I'm unaware. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some problematic aspects to books that were written in the 50s, but um, yeah. I was unaware of anything significant, and I I count some of his stories and books among uh, my favorites. So uh, hopefully he's not a piece of garbage, but I don't know. Uh, oh, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. Uh, out of the criticism and controversy section of his Wikipedia page, anti-Semitic yeah. and anti-Israel comments. Yeah, I mean... Use of racial and sexist stereotypes. Right. Um, I, I, You know. Look, are there some... Uh, are there some problematic aspects to the Oompa Loompas and... Uh, uh, yeah, look, I he's you know, I don't know. I'd have to read more about the anti-Semitism. My my understanding was that he's mostly anti-Zionist, but I don't know. Um, I'm sad now. Hopefully, we can still enjoy the wonderful life of Henry Sugar. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, since we're here, um, the book that the wonderful life of Henry Sugar came in, a wonderful story of Henry Sugar, uh, features maybe my favorite short story of all time, which is called The Hitchhiker, um, that I would recommend and that contains no specific anti-Semitism. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is the world we live in now. Sure, maybe he was a Nazi, but in this one, it doesn't feel Nazi-ish, and I liked it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm I'm depressed about Roald Dahl. Uh, can we not read any fantasy stories anymore? Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, just don't 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 come telling me that you know the the authors of the. Dragonlance series or like just don't don't cancel J.R.R. Tolkien on me, all right? Just give me, <laughs> just give me something to hold on to. Oh man, I can't believe we're, I hated bottoms and I just ruined your childhood. So yeah. there we go. Yeah, you've ruined my childhood. Talk to you next <laughs> week, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Wait, did we do all the homework? Um, we did. That was the last item. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Well, you know, hopefully we won't be uh, red-pilled before we talk next Friday. That's right. That's right. Stay woke. Bye. This game's in the Admiral refrigerator. The door is closed. The light's out. Butter's getting hard. The eggs are cooling, and the jello is jiggling. So long, everybody. And do me a favor. Have yourself a tremendous evening.